Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Cleocast. My name is Matt. And I am RC. So, how are you? I am okay. We got a you know, Chiefs parade tomorrow. We won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I thought we talked about our Super Bowl episode two weeks ago at this point. I think two weeks ago. But uh, in recap, uh, the Chiefs did win it in overtime. I was right. I predicted it. it did I need to go ahead and listen to the episode to see what we talked about. I said the Chiefs would win. I know that much because mm-hmm. I always thought the Chiefs would win. I don't know how much of my predictions were correct because I haven't listened back to the episode either. Yeah, I mean, there was a while where I didn't think the Chiefs would do it. Like, actually win that all, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely... It was probably one of the better Super Bowls of the last, like, five or ten years. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a lot of, like, excitement and pressure and stress. But there is a uh, Super Bowl parade, um, and I'm not going because it's also... Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day, which really messes a lot of stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. See, I just uh, rescheduled Valentine's Day to Monday. Hell yeah. Because me and my fiance are going to, to go to the parade tomorrow. On the parade. Going to see Taylor Swift. Maybe. Uh, that That's what has me worried is the, the Swifty effect of, hey, you want to see Taylor Swift for free? <laughs> KC on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but... Something I did want to tell you about is uh, we had a little bit of an incident at work where uh, someone accidentally told a client of ours, um, blow ass, as an abbreviation for blower assembly. And now we are going to have a big conversation across everyone who contacts clients about standard operating procedures for how to email clients because one idiot decided blow ass was an appropriate abbreviation see i have to pay attention to that too because whenever i write like association i'm like okay how do you shorten this again or even if you put a period at the end of it of each so people know it's like a stop i don't know i don't know that 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 seems like a maybe not that big of an actual mistake but more of a little bit of an intentionality thing yeah i don't know i I don't know. I just, it's weird that we're going to have to have a massive conversation because one guy decided to say blow ass. Oh, them's the breaks. That's that's corporate uh, corporate life for you. Baby. Yeah, that's corporate life. But since you're going to uh, hang out around Grand in Kansas City tomorrow, uh, which is the big parade route for most parades in Kansas City, um take one last look at the buildings in the crossroads because Mm. there's going to be some changes coming up as the Royals have announced their new, new, new plan for a downtown ballpark. Yep. That they have. So finally made a decision. Maybe kind of, maybe kind of, there's been no actual like solid plans put out. Um, there's been renderings. There has been renderings. A lot of pretty there, pictures. There, there was a veto of their uh, tax initiative, uh, which it got overturned. I don't even think they've done like a study to like study traffic effects or anything like that. No, they've just put out pretty pictures. So, um, if you listen to our other Royals uh, stadiums episodes, uh, this won't be new to you. But if you're coming to hear the overarching timeline of the Royal Stadium, which we're planning on doing today, then welcome. 
Um, initially, the Royals started out with renderings looking at a spot in North Kansas City and a spot in the East Village of Kansas City. Um, both of those were the two big picks. Yeah. But now, it seems like to the average person who hasn't been paying attention that a third location that was never really discussed in the crossroads which is the art district in kansas city came out of left field and is now the decided spot by the royals organization where they want it which is taking over a spot that has a print building for the kansas city star which has gone well the print section has gone defunct uh they now print up in 2020 yeah yeah, they now print up in des moines and uh there's some parking lots but there's also some businesses now it is some one is a u-haul one's a firestone but uh, others are uh, one's also a strip club um the strip club guy pointed out a lot totally nude baby totally nude um temptations but there's also a uh, Korean barbecue restaurant. There's some mm-hmm. coffee shops. There's a uh, there's a wine and cheese store. There is a uh, bar called uh, South of Truman or SOT, which is famous from a few years ago where Jackson Mahomes had a meltdown at him. Oh, um, that's a piece of KC history. Right yeah. Um, and there's also a church. Yeah. So the people like it. I'm just giving a brief overview. We'll get into it later. Uh, the, the broader populace. The broader like population. Sports fans, because this is a real big overlap between maybe urbanist topics, maybe city planning, and sports fans. So, the consensus I'm seeing out of people who are uh, sports fans or live throughout the area and aren't really in tune with the urbanist idea is this is a good location because it's connected right to 670 or the South Loop which would give great highway access. Um, it also will integrate this new ballpark into the park they're putting over the highway in the South Loop, and which would give a massive green space in front of the stadium. They are planning on extending that park a little bit. Yeah, and there would be, it looks like a walkway between T-Mobile Center, which is the uh, re- indoor arena in Kansas City, to the ballpark. Uh, this would also it contain... A hotel, a residential entertainment district, um, a large uh, office building for the uh, team, like administrators and uh, whatnot, and altogether would be smaller seat-wise, but a bigger complex with more involved in it. The uh, controversial parts of it that some people have talked about um, if you're not really in tuned with cities or the Midwest, there's been some concerns about parking because coming from the Truman Sports Complex, um, any amount of parking lot will never compare to that sea of concrete. Which the Royals have said that there's more parking spots in downtown KC than there are at the Truman Sports Complex, but we will get into that later. Yes. Um the other side of arguments that are coming from urbanists and people in the crossroads area are i wouldn't even just like say like urbanists or whatever just like some just general regular people who live in the area or aren't necessarily big sports fans or whatever it's a a broader populace than just urbanists there's there's objections to tearing down local small businesses 
so the city can give a billionaire a billion dollars to build a sports stadium that the city will not own. Um, there's also some controversy where uh, parking is a large concern, uh, where parking lots and parking people pursuing more capitalist ideas will gobble up cheaper buildings in the crossroads to build parking structures and, and tearing down more businesses. Yeah, which there, gets into, yeah. There is also a concern that uh, the crossroads is uh, a up-and-coming neighborhood from the past decade or so and is considered basically the arts district of Kansas City. And baseball and sports fans and artsy people don't really tend to have too much of an overlap. Mm -hmm. So there's been some concerns I've seen where it would change the dynamic of the neighborhood entirely, turning it into basically the Royal Zone instead of the Arts District. Which, getting into maybe what we'll be arguing, I would argue is maybe the goal is to basically suck all of the oxygen out of that area, you know, and make it the Royal Zone. Because... I mean, it's going to command that area 81 games per year. You know? yeah. so. Now, I want to, before we get deep into this, because we do have a, a very long episode planned. Chomping at the bit, baby. We have a very long episode planned. We're preparing you now. Um, and we're probably not going to make this a two-parter. This is going to be one long epic. Yeah, God, no, we're um, just doing We're going until we go. We are not against development. We are not NIMBYs. We would like to see development for the better of the city um we understand that there are two sides to this and that we have known since the get-go that leaving kaufman and building a stadium anywhere would come with some controversy it's just the way that this has been done and the way that things have played out over the past two years um have been weird to say the least and we hope that this doesn't drive out the royals we'd like to see them stay but we also don't want to see local businesses destroyed out of someone's desire to change up plans you could say greed greed my okay i'm a big sports fan you've heard me talk about sports on this podcast we talk about sports almost every episode half of that's me you're a big baseball fan I, I would just like to say, as my part, it's not NIMBYism to just have legitimate you know, grievances with a plan. It's not YIMBYism to blindly agree with every single thing a city or a developer proposes. There is a balance. I am for a downtown baseball stadium. I think the East Village, I've always thought the East Village would be a great spot for it because of its nature currently, which is empty lots, parking lots, minimal deconstruction. We'll get into all that later. Obviously, this is the overview part. Think yeah. of this as the intro. Yes. So... For those of you who are not familiar with Kansas City geography, um, I want you to go ahead, and I know this is an audio medium, but go ahead and open a map when you can when you listen to this episode. We're going to do some quick geography before we uh, dive into this. You kind of so, have to, yeah. So, you're going to go to Kansas City, and there's going to be a uh, part that's called downtown, which looks like it is surrounded almost, if you'll see Power and Light District, Financial District, Library District, Quality Hill all pop up it's basically the area that looks like it's surrounded on all four sides by highway because it is so what you're going to do is you're going to look on the eastern side of that little square around surrounded by highways 
and you are going to scroll down to Cherry and 11th. Um, it's going to be right by a J.E. Dunn construction in Kansas City Municipal Port, uh, Court. This is what is referred to as the East Village. Yeah. doesn't look like a village. It looks like empty lots and parking lots. We will get into that. That was one location. Now, I want you to scroll out, and you are going to look at the T-Mobile Center, which is going to be that big arena. It's going to say T-Mobile if you're in satellite view. Which half the time we will refer to as the Sprint Center. It uh, will be referred to as the Sprint Center. It's, it's the old name. Um, now, just south of that highway, that's 670. That is where the that park we were talking about would cover. And it would be a green space, basically turning that highway into a tunnel. Yeah. Now, what you're going to see on a on the corner of McGee and Truman is the top left corner of that now defunct Kansas City Star printing building. Around it, you're going to see some parking lots, but you're also going to see Prime Bar and Grill, Mama Robin, eh, Robin, Kobe Q. Uh, you're going to see Resurrection Downtown. And then on the other side on Oak Street, you're going to see... Uh, the Pairing Crossroads, Wine and Grocery, you're also going to see a U-Haul. This is the area we're talking about. There are some parking lots, we understand, but there are significantly more buildings here. Now, if, if you're listening to this and you're from you know, New York or Chicago or wherever, any place with a functioning public transit system, please understand that in cities like Kansas City, because of the nature of our development and our lack of a functioning public transit system, the city effectively has to be almost entirely parking lots or else it would just like not yeah. work in people's brains. Now, I know I prefer satellite view. I'm not sure what RC's opinion is. If you don't like satellite view, it, I'm, I'm sorry. You might need to switch into it. It's easier to see stuff, especially the parking lots. Uh, on your own time, scroll around the Kansas City downtown and crossroads area and you'll see entire city blocks that are just entirely parking lots. Yeah, that, now, that jumbo building is uh, basically the, the cornerstone. Between McGee, Oak, 17th, and Truman. Um, now, for context, this won't play into the final thesis of this episode, but it's important to know. Uh, you're going to have to scroll all the way out, basically see a good chunk of Kansas City, and you're going to go up, and you're going to see go north, and you're going to see Charles B. Wheeler Downtown Airport, and then you're going to see what looks like an industrial space. And then you're going to see something called North Kansas City. So if you go into North Kansas City, it looks like there's a bunch of warehouses. That general area, and there's going to be a street called Armor Road, which is the main drag of North Kansas City. That was going to be a proposed location north of the Missouri River in a county called Clay County. Now, Kansas City spans multiple counties. It... Kansas City has the area, square mile-wise, equivalent to New York City in the five boroughs. Mm -hmm. All five boroughs of New York City. Same basic land area size. Although, New York City has millions of people, Kansas City proper has around 500,000 people in it. The metro has, I think, about 2 million. So yeah. That includes Kansas and you know, the six zip codes. Yes. So... That was a, another proposed location up in Clay County, uh, which would, and now North Kansas City is a separate municipality from Kansas City proper. That was a bargaining chip. We'll get into the bargaining chip later. 
Uh, there are some other neighborhoods around the area that we might mention. They're not really exactly important at this time. Now, I want you to zoom all the way out until you can basically see um, like the entirety of the Kansas City metro area. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to scroll over by a city called Independence, in between Independence and Raytown. You're going to see some yellow lines for highways. You're going to scroll in. Independence and Raytown are on the Missouri side. They're on the Missouri side. Um, there's going to be on the eastern, you see something that pops up. It's called GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. And right next to it is going to be a place called Kauffman Stadium. That is the Truman Sports Complex. That is the current situation that we are dealing with. Um, these were built in the 1970s. It is a very 1970s development, as you can see. It is a massive parking lots surrounding two very large stadiums. And I, I would I would say Arrowhead, uh, the football stadium, actually kind of pioneered the design of like your modern football stadium. Mm -hmm. Like it's from the 1970s, but it'll look pretty modern to you because it is a massive. It's basically what a lot of modern stadiums of its size and of its type are modeled after because it was pretty much like the first type mm -hmm. of its type of stadium. So. Now, if you're a soccer or European football fan, um, you're going to probably know about the World Cup. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is where that GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium, that's going to be where the World Cup is held in Kansas City. Next to it is Kauffman Stadium. Kauffman Stadium was built at the exact same time and it's going to be important to note at this time that for basically the almost entire existence of the Truman Sports Complex, the Royals, which is a baseball team, and the Chiefs, which are an American football team, have been basically welded together as two entities welded into one because of this complex. Mm -hmm. And they will continue... As of right now, recording in mid-February of 2024, continue to operate in the eyes of the county, the state, and the metro area for political purposes as one entity, even though they are two separate teams. Effectively, they get the same. Whenever a county passes a sports funding bill, like a sales tax or something like that, it is a joint Chiefs-Royals yes. sales tax yes. or something like that. They, they, they get the same funding from the county. They are tied together. All the depending on performance, whether if the Chiefs suck, but the Royals go on to win a World Series, they're getting the same amount of money. If the Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in a row, and the Royals are the worst team in baseball, they get the same amount of money. Okay. Now, viewer, um, the context of when we are filming this episode is that the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl two days ago. Yes, and the Royals have announced their new stadium plans today. Yes. So right the parade before. is tomorrow Yes, for the Super Bowl. So, and the Royals have not had a winning season in, I think, five or six years. So there's an attempt to capitalize some sports hype in Kansas City. Maybe goodwill. You know. So this is a lot of overview. Um, what, we're at, what, 20 minutes overview? Yeah, just about 20 minutes, yeah. So That's pretty good. This is important to know. Um we talk about Kansas City a lot. If you're not from Kansas City, this is your opportunity to get a feel for what's going on 
and the geography of what we're going to talk yeah, about. We've effectively seen a lot of out-of-state, out-of-metro-area you know, accounts and people talking about the subject and not necessarily knowing a lot because we are not New York City, we mm. are not Chicago. People do not have an inherent understanding of our area. So this is our quick rundown. And you. the last little thing I want to do is you're going to scroll out to see the entire metro area and you're going to see the border of Kansas and Missouri. You're going to see a little jut that stands out uh, into the state of Kansas. Um, that's going to say Overland Park, Prairie Village, Olathe. That is what we would refer to as Johnson County. That is the affluent suburb area of Kansas City. This is when we talk about you know white flight suburbanization in Kansas City. Most of that went over here to the Kansas side. Um, the advantage of Kansas City's geography for that is Kansas City cannot touch them because they're on a different side of a state border. Mm -hmm. Kansas City cannot attempt to gobble up smaller cities on the Kansas side because they're a city that's based in Missouri. So effectively, you have an impenetrable wall where you cannot capture any tax revenue from the Kansas side of the state unless you pass a bi-state tax. That's just important for context later on. I would say for your larger maybe example, think New York, New Jersey, how there's the two big cities right next to each other, but without the river in the way where they have to agree on like a bi-state tax to get anything funded jointly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's two separate entities. Yes. But there's a lot of people. There's not a lot of transit options from Johnson County into Kansas City, and there's a lot of people, and I saw a lot of comments about parking with the new downtown ballpark. Uh, coming from people who had Johnson County in their geolocation on Twitter. Um, that is, there's a a lot of people. Um, the bulk of the metro area's population comes from this area. Um, they also um, offer a significant amount of people who do go to Royals games. Yeah. They're very much, they're the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City uh, Chiefs because... It's the whole metro area route to them. And I would say pretty much at this point, other than the baseball teams, Missouri and Kansas largely both root for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And probably Kansas almost entirely probably roots for the Royals. And Missouri is split between the Royals and the uh, Cardinals. Cardinals in St. Louis. So further, just a little bit more context. I'm sorry, this is running long. This is going to be a long there's, there's, We're going to have timestamps and stuff. It, if we decide to do that. I'm doing that. You, you're I'm doing, doing timestamps? I'm going to break it down so okay. people can skip ahead. So, um, this is the last most important thing. The Royals, especially during their World Series run in 2014-2015, were owned by the Glass family. Mm -hmm. The Glass family decided to sell... In 2019, to a uh, propane baron named John Sherman. John Sherman made his billions off of uh, commercial propane supply. And he has very recently, as of 2019, become the majority owner of the, of the MLB team, the Kansas City Royals. Now, with new ownership, especially of a team at 2019, they still were bad. You have to, you have a legacy to change, and that comes with, you know, 
firing longtime managers, firing longtime general uh, general managers, making cultural changes in the team in order to shift it in what you think is the best direction. Now, um, some of those decisions are good. Some of those decisions are bad. Um, some of those decisions are up in the air right now. But one major legacy piece for an owner is establishing a new ballpark. Mm-hmm. Especially if your current ballpark is from the 70s and you're one of the oldest non-legacy like fields out there. Like You can't touch Wrigley. You can't touch Fenway. Those are older than Kaufman, mm-hmm. but when you look at teams, you know, the Baltimore Orioles really pioneered developing modern, retro-looking downtown ballparks. Yeah. The trend hit the MLB since the 90s. Uh, hell, even the New York Yankees have a modern, retro-looking stadium. In fact, I think for your timely example, I believe the White Sox just announced their brand new downtown waterfront ballpark a week or two ago so it's a trend in the mlb that's been going on since the 1990s and with new baseball stadiums come better facilities Mm -hmm. and if you're an owner you want to be able to get the best players and the way that you get the best players other than paying them millions of dollars is to have top-notch facilities and i will recognize that i've never been inside kaufman but I will re- recognize that probably I put money on that their facilities are lacking compared to. You've never been inside Kaufman. Well, ne- I've never been inside the like the bowels. Oh, of okay. Kaufman. The, the, the like, but, like locker I, 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 gotcha, I, gotcha, I've been gotcha. in like the stadium. Like I was about as to a, say, no, you've been to a game with me. Yeah, there. like yeah. what? <laughs> okay, we, we've been to games, but in the facilities for players, I would put some money on saying that a more modern stadium has better player facilities than a stadium built in the 70s. And the whole benefit of a new stadium doesn't just uh, sit at like facilities and stuff. It also extends to, right now, if you look at the Truman Sports Complex, it is mostly an empty area other than the stadiums. So part of the benefit of building a brand new stadium, and especially for a very small market team mm-hmm. compared to the Dodgers or the Yankees, like the Royals, yes. in a league with no salary cap, is building revenue-generating streams outside of baseball, such yes. as building new apartments that you can lease out, building new office space, building shops, all that kind of stuff. So you look at Wrigleyville, they have all those stores and stuff that are kind of built in and around the stadium that they can kind of lease out the area or whatever. Hell, even in St. Louis, they have a little ballpark village Mm -hmm. next to it. I think it's called the Champions Village or something like that. Um, Yeah, something like that. I don't exactly know. I've been there once. Um, So... Also, one last thing about baseball. I know I keep saying one last thing, but there's a lot of context you have to fill in, and I'm just assuming that you listener is starting at, like, zero knowledge. The MLB, Major League Baseball, is a very, very, very long sports season, resulting in 80-plus games played in home stadiums. That's why usually MLB games are the most affordable of the professional sports to get into. You don't have to fight for... Like, there's, what, like seven NFL home games a year? You have to fight everyone to be able to make it into seven or eight or six home games. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's 80-plus, you can go on, like, a random Thursday in July, do dollar dog night, peace out at the seventh inning, 
and that's no skin off your back because most of the time the MLB is a very affordable sport, uh, varying depending on your team how your team's doing. But in the case for the Royals, um, they suck. You can get in for twenty dollars. Parking is more expensive than the tickets yes. to get into the game. They give away the tickets for free half the time. Yeah. Um, so having stuff around in a downtown ballpark makes it easier to like make it a thing where you come in and out of a game or you is spur of the moment go to a game while you're hanging out going to breweries or stuff like or that. Or it gives you a reason to go to the ballpark district even when there's not a game on yes. like in December or something. Yeah. So these are a lot of a lot of contexts. Um what we're gonna it, last final overview is Rose have a new owner. They're bad. They have an a an older stadium. They are looking for revenue generators and they want to follow in the trend of getting a downtown ballpark. Yep. So the quest to explore a idea of a new downtown stadium is first really documented in September 14, 2021. Yeah. Where the this is from the MLB.com. All these links will be provided to um, listeners. Mm-hmm. But uh, CEO Chairman John Sherman uh, says it's got to do great things for Kansas City. Um, and this is talking about pursuing the idea of building a new stadium in the downtown area within 10 years. This is 2021. Yeah, effectively, he buys the team. I remember there was one season of them just playing, and then he began to explore the ideas of building a new facility. So he allowed one year of kind of just like getting your feet wet, you know, figuring out how to do baseball before he started to kind of really move on the actual new stadium idea. Now, what's discussed in this article um, is... Which is from Ann Rogers, by the way. Yeah, Ann Rogers. um, Is there is a tax in Jackson County, there's a sales tax of uh, 0.375% to fund the improvements of Arrowhead and Kauffman Stadium that was passed in 2006. Mm -hmm. Um, This was used to renovate Kauffman, this was used to add uh, new facilities to Arrowhead um, and this is eventually coming to an end. Um, one final thing you need to note is that both the Royals and the Chiefs have extended their leases to 2031, which is why John Sherman in 2021 is talking about getting it done in 10 years because when his lease ends at Kauffman in 2031, he wants to be able to move into a new stadium. I think at this point when the article, this article came out, he wasn't really that like deep. He was just kind of thinking about it like, ah, you know, downtown would be cool, but mm-hmm. you know, he's just a brand new owner, and I don't think he's really kind of thinking deeper than hey, you know, in 10 years it'll be cool. Yeah. But obviously, you will see later, that starts to move. And the Truman Sports Complex was a public-private partnership with the taxpayers and the two sports teams both put up money to build it. Um, most stadiums nowadays are also public-private partners. Uh, partnerships uh this is a concept where the taxpayer puts in a certain percentage to building it some people even get up to the point where they want 60 or 70 percent of the facility funded by taxpayers and what what ends up happening in most all cases is they kind of split the cost of constructing it Mm -hmm. 
but then the city owns the facility but has a permanent lease with like in this instance the royals so the city owns kaufman but the royals have a permanent lease that they are the only ones allowed to use kaufman which is why the royals extended their lease to 2031 and which is why the royals do not have to pay property tax on kaufman because they do not technically own it even mm-hmm. though they are the only people who are allowed to use it so when you hear people talk about how stadiums are net tax liabilities usually for the communities like I think SoFi is one of the few examples of, like, I think that they actually paid for that themselves. But, like, Allegiant, kind of stadiums like that, newer stadiums, they never actually generate as much tax revenue as people say they will because, in most cases, they don't actually have to pay property tax. And they usually are largely built by public money anyways, so you have to kind of get over that threshold of tax revenue before... You even need to start generating a profit off the building. Yeah. Um, Imagine cutting pennies into, like, eighths and throwing that into a big pot over many of years to make up a billion dollars. That is what's going on with usually most sales taxes to help pay back a stadium. Sales taxes generated inside the stadium. But jumping forward from September 14th, 2021 to December 21st, 2001, um, city planning for potential downtown stadium by deciding what to do with city-held land in the East Village. Um, So basically, John, yeah, John, go ahead. (laughs) John Sherman basically started kind of floating the idea and the city kind of responded by, hey, we own this like 5.7 to 6.5 acre parcel of land in the East Village Mm. that is largely both parking lots and empty lots, but the city owns the land. Yes. So what they did is they put out feelers to, uh, I think, I believe Van Trust, yeah, Van Trust Real Estate to start talking, you know, doing plans and stuff, talking about uh, demoing clearing out that whole area because there used to be more buildings if you used your google maps to look at um the areas there used to be more buildings in that area not a lot but there were some mm-hmm. and this was largely the, the studies and stuff were basically asbestos you know remediation stuff like that uh so they paid this development company to clear out to plan start planning on clearing out the east village in preparation for hey john sherman wants a downtown stadium we know a perfect spot of city-owned land now, on August 16, 2022, the city reaches an agreement with a company to demo buildings in the 6.5-acre city-owned block in the East Village. Um, this is the starting to develop uh, a idea for the project. Um, so, effectively, Van Trust, who they were already making that plan with, mm-hmm. they finally finalize it and begin kind of clearing out the area. Oh, th- this is by uh, Thomas uh, Freistead of staff writer at the Kansas City Business Journal of August 16th, 2022. Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to do better at that. We need to do better at that. Here, give me one second. The previous article we just read, I apologize. Uh, we do cite our sources here. And the all, all of these will be linked. From also Thomas Freistead of 2021. We will, all this will be linked. Um, if you want to look at it, you can. Um, RC did a fantastic job compiling this in yeah. a, also all this stuff is archived. So if there's any attempt to scrub any information, we hopefully have archived everything. Yes. So, yeah. So basically they finally start moving forward on the actual plans to demo, you know, kind of locking in the East Village. Uh, they're paying $1.2 million, the city is, to actually kind of start redeveloping it because effectively this is just kind of a blighted area so to speak i don't really like that it's, word but it's it's, it, just... it's mainly parking lots empty lots there were some very very not great apartment complexes mm-hmm. that 
I I I don't want to use the word slumlord owned, but they were not high quality. Well, you could say the landlords were not very good at actually managing and keeping up to date a suitable living space for their tenants. You know, they they were not. uh, They were not great places for people to be living in. Yeah, and this is when you start to in 2022 get the actual kind of more Royals centric. Hey, you know, a downtown baseball stadium. Like obviously, the city has been gearing up for the Royal Stadium that John Sherman has potentially pitched for this idea. Hell, e- e- even the MLB posted about it in 2021. So the gears have been going for about a year now. Mm-hmm. In uh, August 16, 2022. Yeah. So. This takes us to the end of 22 and December 13th, where the Royals hold a forum on the downtown stadium idea, East Village being the big site. Yeah. Now, um, they had 14 potential locations they were reviewing. Yes. Um, this some, is an article uh, from uh, SB Nation Royals by uh, Max Reaper. Um, some locations included uh, the 18th and Vine location. Um, some ideas were in the River Market. Um, the uh, former site of the Kansas City Star Printing Press or one near Cambridge Circle. Yes. Uh, one of those is, did win out, but it is unlikely when we get further into the story, but it will win out. Now, uh, one thing that is important, please go back to the article, um, is there's a comment about where will people park? Yes, we will need to put – where will we put all these cars? Earl Santee of the stadium architecture group Populous, who is the architect – uh, said the team would need around ten to eleven thousand parking spots, uh, and there are fifty-five thousand spots downtown. Mm-hmm. Now, Santee said Populous did a parking survey study that found that there were two and a half times the available parking spaces in downtown as the Truman Sports Complex within a ten-minute walk to the downtown ballpark. That parking setup would work concurrently with any events at the T-Mobile Center. Now. This is slight deviation from the good research to get in Twitter beef. All the people who are saying, where do we park? There is two and a half times the amount of parking in the downtown area within a 10-minute walk. You have to walk 10 minutes. But if you parked all the way in like an end lot of the Truman Sports Complex, you're going to have to walk 10 minutes anyway. A decent amount of the city is parking. Like there, there's yeah. more parking spaces than people at this point. It's 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 not really the, – the parking is not the real issue here yes. with any of these proposed sites except for maybe the Northlands. But uh, this is, if you'll note, though, the first instance of the Kansas City Star Printing Press crossroads mm-hmm. site being proposed. And this is in 2022 at the tail end of the There's year. also some other important things. One is potential beginning estimates of how much it would cost. Mm-hmm. Um, some people believe that the stadium would cost two, uh, $1 billion. Um, Building a new ballpark district might cost the entire project be $2 billion. Uh, Wrigley Fields renovations uh, a few years ago, this is from 2022, were projected at $550 million and end up costing $740 million. So... In a potential development opportunity, if it doesn't involve the billion word, I would be shocked. Yeah. Um, and this would be a public-private partnership paid via tax, uh, a sales tax on the people of Jackson County. Yeah. I think a three-eighths cent sales tax. So, so um, but yeah. back to the timeline. 
So then we get to on February 22nd, so two months after they had that forum, mm-hmm. uh, then John Sherman began. This is a 2023. Yeah, 2023 we finally ticked over into the new year, and John Sherman has begun the push for a downtown stadium in earnest. And with this push comes an interview with Sports Radio 810 and an article by Mary King in the Kansas City Business Journal. And it does say the devil's in the details. Um, that will be entertaining. Uh, because they're still in February 2024. Yeah, not, 2020, yeah. Not, not a lot of, a year later, there's not a lot of details. Which this was also spring training, and I actually remember listening to this live. Uh-huh. But uh, basically, at this point, they've done the forum. They had mm-hmm. 14 sites. They've whittled it down to five. Uh, and I don't believe that they... Now, really... one thing that is important, uh, please scroll back up. Um well, the site has not been made public yet. Nothing is being hidden. It's just all about good business, he said. A potential site inside the Opportunity Zone in or near downtown, like the eight-block East Village area, could be a contender. Eight of the 14 locations the team explored lands partially inside an Opportunity Zone. Which I'll note, he's saying nothing is being hidden, mm-hmm. but largely kind of a 2020... Or update the, the the team in this entire process has not really been clear or you know transparent about their plans at any point. And if nothing is being hidden, it kind of looks like you guys have no idea what you're really doing and just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, or you're playing your cards close to your chest because of events that happened later on throughout 2023 and 2024. But we will get into that later. Yeah, and the opportunity zone they're talking about. Uh, for the potential site inside of an opportunity zone. I believe that opportunity zone effectively just refers to the East Village site. They don't want to say the ballpark site, but they're calling it the opportunity zone because it is 6.5 acres of city-owned land. Well, opportunity zone is also a term used for, like, you get tax benefits if you build inside Uh, or develop inside of it. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, moving on from that, it brings us to March 29th of 2023. And that's where we get the first kind of pushback mm-hmm. from the guy who owns the Kansas City Star Building. Now, the overview is the Royals are looking heavily into the East Village site at this point. Yeah. Um, this is a quote from John Sherman. I think the East Village, it, it's been talked about. We've probably done the most work on that site. Um, this is an article from Jonathan Ketz from Fox 4. Yes. Um, but the ownership group of the Kansas City Star Building. Which is uh, a guy and his siblings. We might. Hmm, Rosie Priviera Bondino. I am sorry, Rosie. Um, the, it, it's an Italian name. Um are pitching, well, the, the ownership group, um, it, circled around Rosie, are pitching the idea of building it in the KC Star Building, which has been uh, closed down since uh, 2019 um, and was bought by the ownership group, which came from Mark One Electric, which has been then Rosie's family, Bondino, is uh, the family also owns Mark One Electric, an electrical contractor in the area. Uh, there's been some excitement with the development in the Kansas City area because there's uh, Cordish has been building very fancy apartment complexes 
one light, two light, three light, and then a potential four light. And uh, the uh, Kansas City Star building option would tie a Royal Stadium directly, basically, in to that development, which would also tie them into Power and Light, which would also tie them to T-Mobile Center. It's a more centralized location, although it requires more demolition and way more opposition and would be a more difficult site to develop. Yeah, which Sherman says in this article that land acquisition is the biggest challenge at the KC Star site. And he envisions playing in the team home by 27 or 28 and being able to negotiate with those landowners might drag on construction costs and construction time and construction costs, which might push back that time. And the Royals have a lease that ends in 2031. And if you have to spend years fighting a landlord or a property owner over it, that might push, might take years. Yeah. Which I will say there's a quote from Benino where she says, people are not going to walk from the East Village to the Power and Light District, and that means we'll still be feeding two machines, not one, because her idea is to centralize it, which I, me doing a little bit of my pushback here, what exactly is the purpose of building a downtown streetcar if not to connect a downtown stadium to a downtown entertainment district that is 2,000 feet away? It is a half-mile streetcar extension. Also, another thing... Are do people are people that lazy? That a, the, the, the the walk from Cherry and Twelfth is nothing to get the power minutes. and light. I looked it up. It's ten minutes, and it would be the walk from. Obviously, there's no pedestrian bridge right there, but the walk from Power and Light to the Crossroads site currently would be eight minutes. So it would be Woo, just about the same amount of saving walk. two minutes. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it, it. I mean, Rosie has a vested interest in getting. Uh, her building sold Mm -hmm. or the building has been vacant since 2020 when the KC star vacated it. Yes. And you can look on your map as you did earlier following along with us and see how large that building is. It is massive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's a few broken windows. Yes. So, but that we'll we'll get, once we're done with kind of our timeline stuff, we'll get a lot more into the rant stuff. so. So, all right. Uh, back to the timeline. Uh, so in March 29th, uh, we have now confirmed that the uh, Royals are looking heavily into the East Village site, but there's some pushback from the Kennedy Star building owner. But this is going forward to the summer, to June 14th, 2023, where the Royals barely, barely know what they want, according to the city sources. Despite narrowing the scope, zero actual negotiation between the city, county, and developers and the Royals have begun. Yes. Um, so they're narrowing their scope on the the East Village Stadium, but according to Sam McDowell and Kevin Hardy of the Kansas City Star, the Royals have kind of just like been floundering with this, and they say the Star spoke with two dozen political leaders at the city, county, state, and federal level, along with businesses and non-profit leaders, and they uh, requested an anonymity because obviously mm-hmm. you're like a county official and you're yes. doing that. And privately, according to this article, people inside those meetings expressed exasperation that while the Royals publicly portray progress on the stadium effort, there's actually very little momentum behind the scenes. Despite months of meetings, public officials still have no sharper picture of what the team wants. And they wonder, after all this time, do the Royals even know what the Royals want? And one city official even said... Uh, a desire to get us out of purgatory and the Roy- and that they're all exhausted by this conversation. Yeah. The Royals, on the other hand, according to this article, insist that they are not hiding specific details, but rather... Because you don't have details at this time. <laughs> ...have not settled on them. So otherwise, they've spent months of work and have achieved nothing. 
as of June 14th, 2023. So, and this is the first mention of maybe Frank White being an obstacle uh, in this whole process. Uh, do, do, do you want to break down Frank White for people who might not know? Well, here, I'll just read what Sam McDowell and uh, Kevin Hardy put about him, which is Frank White Jr. He's the Jackson County executive and one of only two players to have his jersey number retired by the Royals. He's widely viewed as averse to committing tax dollars to professional stadiums. He's basically a... If you want to give the more local view of him. Okay, so he is a former Royal uh, and a very vocal Jackson County... uh, board member and um he has a slight vendetta against the royals some might say um but publicly he advocates for tax laws being used for community improvement and taking care of the community more than going towards massive large-scale development Mm -hmm. so but the uh Effectively, in this article, though, if you read it through, uh, the Royals say that they've narrowed it down from 14 to maybe four or five, you know, top contenders. Mm-hmm. But the article states most city officials believe it is just between the East Village and the Crossroads District, which the Royals released a render at some point. I didn't really note this one. And I think it's just set in generic Cityville of what mm-hmm. the stadium could potentially look like. Uh, but effectively, it's just East Village or perhaps maybe North Kansas City because Clay County was willing to sell the entire area to the Royals. Yeah. So onward uh, to the next day, June 15, 2023. Stadium site narrows demo permits for the East Village site issued on in January 2023. Sources tell the Kansas City Star East Village's preferred location from the start. Yeah. So... Um, to the journalistic integrity of the Kansas City Star, thanks to Joseph Hernandez, um, there has been detective work done basically at this in June 15th, 2023, or last summer, um, basically saying that East Village seems yeah. to be the leader. Jackson County official, you know, mm-hmm. unidentifiable because of reasons, says, we believe that the East Village is where they are focused on and have been from to start yeah i mean the city owns the land they've been looking into it for a while because that's the beginning of our timeline it's right by je dunn who is a uh, very large general contractor who had originally built kaufman and uh arrowhead back in the 70s also demo per- permits have been issued for the last remaining buildings in this east village area yeah and that's on I, the north end that's the east village apartments on the north end and i believe that parking garage on the north end so why would you be tearing stuff down if that's not going to be the stadium location and they were tearing stuff down as of january of 2023 according to this article so it's a continued demolition in preparation for the royals who quote unquote have been focused on the east village mm-hmm. from the beginning and it's between the east village and the north uh northland at this point now uh what is there now is an important line where it says a lot of parking lots around the east village but there's, there's also a commerce bank but other than that it's empty yeah and it's if you look on your map again I, we're going to describe it but i'm just saying mm-hmm. if you look on your map it's easier for you to see it is a tiny commerce bank yes and it is a national chain commerce bank so they could most likely relocate pretty easily compared to other small businesses because it's commerce bank yes 
if if your name is on a stadium, I don't think that you're going to be hurting if you know you shut down one tiny location in yeah. a completely undeveloped part of Kansas City. That's all I'll say there. So that is June of 2023. Now we're going to the end of June, June 29th, 2023. Royals plan to announce site plans by the end of summer. So this is June. We're looking at August of 2023 is when they're going to eventually yeah. come out with a decision. So Gabe um, Swartz and Joe Hennessy at KCTV5 are saying that John Sherman uh, is, is quoted as saying, we've always said downtown or near downtown, acknowledging that the Clay County idea uh, was highly motivated, created a bunch in Clay County, but... We've been partners with Jackson County and Kansas City for 52 years. We value that relationship, and we want to give them their best shot. We're going to give our best to do it here. I think that it would be clear that there is certainly an alternative to that area. Mm-hmm. And he, Sherman, at some point, it says mid-season press conference, so I don't have an exact date on that in this article, but he says that he has been inspired by the Atlanta Braves ballpark district development surrounding Truist Park which is located approximately 10 miles northwest of downtown Atlanta, as a successful am- example of what Clay County officials envision up for the Northlands. So. Okay, we need to get. We haven't, we haven't talked about the Clay County proposal. So when the Royals initially released renders, wait, have we talked about the renders yet? Or oh, those those aren't those aren't out yet. Oh, the renders. We'll, we'll get to the renders. Those are. Well, so, so an article's talked about in basically saying that Clay County's in the running, but not in the running before the renders are even out. Huh. They haven't announced what either plan is. They just kind of know the sites. So, a downtown ballpark would link the East Village and the area surrounding the T-Mobile Center. That location would keep the club in Jackson County, is what Sherman, I believe. I, I think that's Sherman. That's just kind of a hanging sentence. Yeah. Really say who's in May, Mayor Quentin Lucas pushed back on potential taxpayer battle between residents of Jackson County and Clay County. Mm-hmm. So... There is some pushback beginning to develop as uh, plans are formulating. Effectively, at this point in the process, the Royals have decided the East Village is the location they're going to use. They've put all their chips in that barrel. They're going to use it. They've been demoing property with the city, but they haven't announced it publicly. Mm -hmm. So at this point, they're trying to leverage Clay County against Jackson County to get a better deal. That's the reason why they haven't officially, officially announced it is because they're trying to say, oh, we might go to the Northland. You don't know. Maybe Jackson County, you better give us a better deal. You know, how much, how much are you willing to open up the piggy bank for us? Now, this is all inference off of uh, published news sources, we are not Royals insiders. We don't know anyone with the Royals organization that have given us any information. This is yeah. just us piecing it together and building a story. This is me reading things and giving you my honest take on yes. this. So. so next up is July 25th, 2023. The Royals uh, announce announcement for stadium sites, reportedly a collection of properties in the Northland and a site in the East Village. Yes, so this is their announcement. I guess that, at this that, point, it's their announcement of the announcement of the announcement. It's their third announcement that they're going to announce it soon. Uh, this is also Thomas Freisted. Hey, you've been on this for a while, Thomas. Yeah, Thomas Freisted, the real G. Uh, this article is paywalled, so I only have a paragraph. But the timeline is important because I can read the headline and see what time they announced it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's they're now going to announce the, the uh, stadium shortly as yes. of this thing. Now, a month later, uh, 
So kind of a month later, August 21st and 22nd, the Royals released two renderings for a downtown stadium in the north or in the East Village and a stadium in same complex with an entertainment district that's pretty big in the Northland. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a uh, map that will be crucial later. Yes. Effectively, they release the two renderings of what each site is going to look like. You know, it's just pretty pictures. Again, they the way these processes work, I presume, I'm not a party to them, but is they don't really do, like, detailed studies of, like, say, traffic, mm-hmm. you know. They don't do detailed studies of, like, environment, you know, what the noise is going to do to the neighborhood, anything like that. They just basically are pitching an idea because they want, you know, to get city funding on board to then pay for those studies and things. So, it's very much a generic render right. Imagine what a new base, modern baseball spaceship looking baseball stadium would look like. Yeah. Um, it's located in one render is located in the East Village. Uh, this source on Fox 4 who wrote this article. Sydney Savage, McKinsey, Coke, and Jonathan Ketz again. All right, uh, scroll back down. Um, uh, East Village Stadium near 12th and Sherry, where parking lots currently sit. Uh, Royals said fans would enter East Village Stadium on 12th Street. The site is 27 acres and more vertically oriented. Uh, that is the East Village idea. There is also a North Kansas City uh, plan floating around on Armor Road. I'll go back to what. 40 minutes ago where I talked about uh, the geography lesson and go to Armour Load and that, that is the North Kansas City plan. It is larger with a bigger entertainment district. Yeah. The stadium looks almost exactly the same except they have a massive park outside, complexes with apartment buildings, offices, a ballpark village with would probably be stores and restaurants. They even have a little lake. That would require basically taking up most of that warehouse area that you looked at earlier in North Kansas City. Yeah. An important factor in this is in this article from the Royals announcement, mm-hmm. they say with these two renderings of these two locations, and no other locations are mentioned, that they will announce the location for the new stadium in September. <laughs> That's the same. And this is in September of 2023. So... That was August of 2023. Oh, yeah. Sorry. August. No, they'll announce it in September of 2023 per an article in August of 2023. So they'll announce it basically in a a month. month. Yeah. Um, So so in August 28th, this is important. uh, Populous, the architect, does soil boring work at the East Village site to prep for a stadium. No such work has been done in the Northlands. This This is is, the one. I don't know if that many people know about this, but per KMBZ and Matt Evans and Nick Sloan, uh, they were in the East Village, crews from Populous. They were taking soil samples, which I'm not like a architecture guy, but uh, this is per utility locate request logs that KMBC found, and there were no such logs for the Northland. So they have a quote from a geology professor at Park University in this article that says, you're trying to get through the topsoil and the clay that are going to be a few feet deep, but you really want to know how thick the limestone is. Is it a thick bedded limestone or is it in thin wavy beds? Essentially the structure of that limestone. That was from Scott Hageman, 
uh, effectively they're laying the groundwork. They're figuring out what the soil is going to be, what kind of foundation they're going to need, what the weight distribution is going to be, all that kind of stuff. So it, it's settled. It, it's going to be the East Village because why would the architect be putting in, doing this level of work? There was already permits issued. The city, although saying that they've been in purgatory, have been kind of in the loop, well, more in the loop than the public. They've issued demo permits for the East Village. The architect has gone out and done soil samples. There is a render, and um, it, we had from we had a person that we knew who was decently connected in the development uh, world of Kansas City, who uh, was able to see the digital timestamps on those two renders, and the older render was the East Village one, which means that that was the first one done, and probably the one that was worked on longer. Would and the Clay County one being the earlier one in to go to the Northland was probably just generated as a tool to pull more money out of Jackson County. Yeah. So they've put real dollars outside of the renderings into preparing and figuring out what they need to do to make that side a reality. The Royals have done that without city help. They have put money into the East Village site officially. As of August of 2023, a week after they released those renderings. Now, here comes a big deal. October 27th, 2023, reports come out that the stadium could cost up to $6.5 billion. The Royals quickly issue a statement calling that report erroneous. Yes. This was a big day amongst uh, Kansas City Twitter. Um, uh, that's an insane number. Former Jackson County Legislator questions Kaufman uh, Stadium cost report. Yeah, Carolyn Hogan of 41 Action News, Kansas City. Now, the Royals think a billion dollars will pay for a new stadium, another billion for building their ballpark village. Um, but this week, reports as of October, end of October 2023, uh, place that cost could be as high as $6.4 billion, which is way more than two. Which, for context, the most expensive sports stadium in the world is SoFi in uh, Los Angeles, which costs like $6.5 billion and is a brand new gigantic facility and one of the highest that price real estate well, markets in the world in, in Los Angeles that also seats 90,000 people. Yeah. And this is a probably 30 to $40,000 or person seated stadium in Kansas city where real estate is cheap. I mean, you don't have a lot of empty lots if real estate's expensive, you know what I mean? So, um, this is the statement from the Royals, which we're going to uh, give fair credit to the Kansas City Royals uh, and read the statement. Um, and this statement was issued uh, October 27th, 2023. All right. The suggestion that a new stadium for the Kansas City Royals would cost Jackson County taxpayers 4.4 to $6.4 billion is erroneous, misleading, and inconsistent with what we share publicly and in private negotiations. Whether with the Chiefs, we... To get together with the Chiefs, we have been clear in asking for an extension of the existing Jackson County 3.8 cent uh, sales tax for the Royals. This would result in an approximate $350 million upfront contribution from the county towards an estimated $1 billion construction cost of a stadium. Private investment from the Royals alongside other public funds will also pay for a stadium and associated infrastructure. Additionally, Royals would cover the cost overruns to the stadium as well as propose one billion surrounding district to generate year-round long-lasting economic output and other benefits for the county, city, and region. Kansas City is on the rise. A successful public-private partnership is critical to secure the future of the Royals and the Chiefs for decades to come. Yeah. Important things that we've talked about before is uh, year-round generation um, 
and the tie between the royals and the chiefs for this tax. Um, Crucial things to note is uh, they are estimating a billion dollars. They are asking the taxpayers to contribute $350 million. And they have mentioned in this that they will cover cost overruns and that $4.4 billion to $6.4 billion is erroneous. Which I, for what it's worth, I believe that. I, I yeah. don't think that was a reasonable number to no, begin that, with ever. That, that, that's not. Now, I, I do think it might go over a billion yeah, dollars. But it, if, they're, if they've made a statement here uh, that they'll cover cost overruns, then go ahead and let them uh, build in the East Village. Yeah. I think somebody leaked it, that, that number, to... Yes. You know, reporters, and I, I think it was maybe a little bit of bad fit. This whole process, basically, if you were following it even like lightly, was just kind of muddled with stuff like this, where you'd get like, "Oh, this is going to be the most expensive sports stadium on the planet," and it's just like, "Okay, but guys, that like that's not going to happen, not yes. in Kansas City. That that never." So, now in November sixteenth, twenty-three, a character we talked about earlier, the KC uh, Star building owners propose a crossroads site for the Royals to do instead of the East Village. Yes. So um, if you'll recall, it is now November of 2023. Yeah. The, the Royals said they were going to announce the stadium two months ago. Yes. And now, all of a sudden... It's the, it's it's the mid-November of 2023. Yeah. And Tony... Privietta has uh, now proposed. He, he's gotten uh, a, a relative of the Rosie lady we mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, Rosie's relative. He's gotten a developer to draw up some renderings of what it could possibly look like. You know, mm-hmm. you know? and I don't believe they released these ever publicly. Uh, obviously, the Royals have released renderings of a Crossroads site now, but I don't think we've ever gotten these original uh, pressings publicly. Mm-hmm. So. And it's kind of just the same old stuff we'll go over later. You know, it's this proposal and stuff. It wasn't really public. I believe he sent it to the Royals themselves and then came out and went public with it, being like, hey, I sent this proposal to the Royals. Maybe the the KC Star site. You know, nobody's ever thought about that before. And I think for a lot of people. But people people have thought about it before because that was one of the uh, 14 sites originally mentioned all the way back two years ago. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is I think a lot of people, myself included, you know, weren't necessarily paying that much attention to these site proposals back in 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. early 2023, before it was a real thing in yeah. August. So for a lot of people, myself included, this kind of came out of left field where, oh, my God, what the hell? Now we suddenly have a crossroads site. And this is a Fox 4 article for, by Jonathan Ketz that we're referencing here. Mm-hmm. But as we now know, as we've been paying attention to the timeline, uh, the it was one of the original proposals. It was one of the original 14 sites, which but, was... But it was cut out, seems like, pretty early on in the process. Yeah. And it seems like the East Village site had money put towards it. Yeah. For whatever it's worth, for whatever backroom dealings we don't know about, the Royals decided themselves, independent of the city and independent of the KC Star co-owners, that the East Village was the better site. Yes. The only reason the North Land site was on there was for leverage against the city. But you don't need leverage against the city if you decide that the East Village is the better site with the city. So the Royals independently decided the East Village site was the proper site. But now... The you know Casey Star Building owners are trying to convince the Royals 
for the crossroads. And I understand that because if you own a defunct large printing building and uh, you don't want to pay to tear it down or pay to maintain it anymore, you probably want a big prestigious stadium to go in that place instead. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. But then uh, we're crossing over into... Uh, well, in d- December 14th, 2023. So this is the end of 2023. City proposal put ballot measure on ballot before royals have picked a site. Um, sorry, RC clicked away from the I, thing. I, I we, we basically have a list of the sources that yes. we're going to provide you, but I have to open them Yes, so we can kind of read them. I believe this is uh, pulled from the Kansas City Star, but I found it on the Yahoo Finance website. Lord forgive me. I'm going to probably fix that, but it's from Mike Hendricks, I believe, of the Kansas City Star. Yes. Uh, so basically the royals are asking to extend the property tax that uh, – that was mentioned in the that statement, um, but they haven't actually confirmed a 100% the 3-8 sale tax, 100% the location where that $350 million of taxpayer money, hard-earned money in Jackson County is going to go, and they don't have it, they haven't made a decision on the spot. So they're basically asking the taxpayers to cut them a $350 million check for something that they don't actually have an idea of what they're going to do or where it's going to go. And the vote's in April. So that is like five months from when this article was written, when this article was written. So they have five months to make a decision on where something's going to go when the public is going to give them $350 million. Well, that's kind of a concern. They announced the two sites in August. They said they'd have the site selected by September when they would then be able to get it on the ballot with plenty yeah. of time for people to talk and consider it. It is now December. We still do not have a site selected, and now they are trying to get it on the ballot before the deadline to get things on the ballot in January. Now, the thing that confuses me is what, what what's going on, guys? You're a major league baseball organization, and you know the owner of the team, you have to be... I assume organized and smart and successful and good at planning. If you have a multi-billion-dollar company that you founded, what? How? How is this happening? What's going on in the background that we don't know about, which is causing this situation? That is the thing that really—that—that's the head scratcher for me. That—that's what. Like, obviously, we're not like alleging anything, but it just is. Not suspicious, but just strange that you would treat a $2 billion stadium proposal like I treat trying to decide what to get for dinner. Yeah. And and this is approaching the, uh, by December 14th, approaching the deadline. And previous articles from months ago at this point basically say that the North Kansas City site has been ruled out and that was mm-hmm. just a leverage. So if there's already one site and there's just a fringe owner of a uh, abandoned building pushing for it, why is it so hard to make a decision on the one site you've already put money into? I, I'm just confused. And, and 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 there's a lot of people that are confused, and that's why we're doing yeah. this. I mean, confused, and I think a, a better word maybe would be frustrated, because yes. I think a lot of people in the city, myself included, want a downtown stadium. It'd be cool, like a Wrigleyville, something like that, mm-hmm. but it's just like August to December, and we... We still don't have any word. We don't even have like a hinting. I mean, you can kind of piece it together from reading all these articles, but most people in their average daily lives are not going to make 
you know, a comprehensive timeline of events or whatever. They're just going to kind of be reading articles on their phone during their lunch break and be like, wow, they released these new renderings. And then, wow, I haven't heard anything about that. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, in 2024, 2021 was three years ago. You've burned three years off of your 10-year timeline you have to get this done by because your lease ends in 2031. Mm-hmm. By and, and they're clearly not doing themselves any favor by meandering and being taking a while to make a decision. Yeah, and their timeline is to have the stadium completed by maybe 2027, 2028 mm-hmm. in most of these articles, but they keep taking forever and they keep waiting to get the ballot measure passed. So that 2031, you know, you think get it done in two years? Because that would be 2026 if they start like mid this year. But they, we, we know hindsight they're going to have. They have a pretty large f- a fight ahead of them. Yeah. We'll get into that. So into the new year in 2024, January 3rd, Kennedy Star Building Owners make a second pitch for the Crossroads site to the Royals. This is one last Hail Mary by people who own a defunct building. Um, uh, and they are still pushing. Now we've seen that basically the Royals are. 99% in on the East Village site, but haven't announced it and still want the tax yeah. uh, thing to go forward. And f- one ownership group is pushing one last time to see if the Royals want their building. Yeah. So this is another article from Jonathan Katz, who's another one of those goats who's been covering this thing for a while for Fox 4, where it's effectively the, the same article we just read. He, the, the, the owners make another pitch. I think they probably got better renderings. Once again, we don't see any of it. They they never release any of these renderings. They just show them to the Royals. So we don't have the pictures of any of them, but they include to extend the the park that's being put over 670 that south loop. They talk about connectivity to the stadium. Um they uh even in some of the renders, it looks like they uh have some very nice spas and other parts of the ballpark village. And also basically you can turn the ballpark vision uh, village into an extension of power and light, which is an already, uh, you know, kind of trendy expensive bar district near downtown across from, well in downtown across from the T-Mobile center. Yeah. Which I think that, this render that they show might be the one that we saw, but I think part of it is them talking about maybe building the stadium like east of Oak instead of on the power and light building. And then maybe moving those business owners east of Oak into the power and light building, which is what Provetta kind of talks about here. So instead Mm -hmm. of maybe demolishing it, maybe just getting new tenants, which does, you know, maybe seem a little bit weird to me that you would propose this plan to find yourself tenants for your, you know, building that hasn't been occupied in four years. But but also, at least it is a proposal instead of just a, like kicking a bunch of businesses out and being like, good luck. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'll give you credit for that. Yeah. I'll also give you credit for like putting in nose to the grindstone to try and get the royals to be able to pick your site. Uh, commendable for being the underdog in this situation. Yeah, which brings us to two days later. On January, January 5th, 2024. Yeah. January 5th of 2024, where all of a sudden, the old Kansas City Star Building is a focus for the new Royal Stadium. So the pitch might have done some, you know, pretty good 
work. I mean, two days later, the the news is covering that this might be the the pick. Yeah, by Chris Ketz and Nick Sloan of KMBZ Nine News. Uh, he says they say the Kansas City Royals and the Chiefs gave a public a glimpse into their plan, telling Jackson County residents both teams are committed to staying in the area if an extension on the three eighth cent sales tax that they're trying to get on the ballot is approved. But the Royals introduced a new twist in their quest for a new stadium. Contrary to expectations, the Royals' primary focus for a new stadium is now the site of the old Kansas City Star printing building in the Crossroads area. The how develop- did how did that happen? Yeah. How did that ha- the, the, the pitch must have been fantastic or something must have happened because you've already put money into the it, East Village site. How does one ownership group of one large building convince a major league baseball organization to start turning the sites onto their location? I it it, it, it I'm confused. Which also According to this article, Jackson County Legislator Manny Abacara said that he doesn't know if the East Village site is out, and he thinks that there are discussions about the realistic possibility of a star building site in the crossroads, and that is something that he does not believe should be taken lightly. And Clay County Commissioner Jason Withington said on Facebook, according to this article as well, after the joint statement by the Royals in this I don't remember the name, Privietta guys, said that Clay County was contacted by the Royals Friday morning and, quote, the Kansas, City, the Kansas City Royals called both Clay County and North Kansas City morning to let us know they've put all the chips in on the Kansas City Star Building in the crossroads, according to the Clay County Commissioner. Oh, that, I, this has gone so weird. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Just, just there you go. Why would you call random politicians across the Missouri River in North Kansas City to tell them that you've compl- put the chips in? They don't. Why would they care? Well, and all of a sudden, the Royals don't need leverage anymore. They just dropped the Northland side. That's why they called the Clay County guys. That they just dropped them. It's like, hey, uh, hi, yeah, we've been leading you on for five months. We don't need your site anymore. We suddenly have a crossroads building district out of nowhere. And by out of nowhere, I mean out of, we rejected it, but now all of a sudden it is the top option above the East Village. Now, which they've already done soil surveys and there's been demo at in East Village. Mm-hmm. Um, January 8th, 2024, the Royals announced that there will, will be one of two sites in Jackson County, the East Village or the Crossroads. So the Crossroads is clearly becoming the front runner in the situation. Yeah. They're continuing their press I'd, coverage. It, basically out of nowhere because East Village has been floating around for two years now. Yeah. And it's been primed for two years now. And again, I will remind you, the East Village largely would not need any demolition work that's already Mm -hmm. been done. You would not need any eminent domain work. There's pretty much no businesses. And the city has been preparing for it. They've probably been drafting plans for transportation and all that stuff. Now, I am sure, or at least I hope, that the people who are actually making these decisions have more information than two guys with a podcast who are able to like do some quick Googling for an hour. But I just, I don't understand how the pivot so hard happened unless there was something really convincing or something happened. And I don't, I want to know what happened that resulted in you pivoting so drastically when you had your targets set on one location for what seems like years now. The issue I see is just like the Royals pledged transparency. They pledged they wouldn't hide anything. What, like a year ago Mm -hmm. in this process? And now here we are. There's a hidden crossroads site at a left field, and it's the front running. 
you know, we've and, been proposing the East Village. There's and, the, and at this point in the process, there is no render for the East Crossroads and, for the Crossroads. And, 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 and listeners, this is a little over a month ago from yes. from recording on uh, February thirteenth. 2024 this this article is written january 8th of 2024 and the discussion happened in basically january 3rd 2024 is when news hit that the second press conference happened with the crossroads idea um so basically with a little over a month the royals changed trajectory for what is going to cost the public millions of dollars and was going to be a multi-billion dollar project and all of a sudden the voters have absolutely Zero idea what they're going to be voting for. They don't know the plans. They don't have any renderings. They don't have anything to work with. And the Royals are approaching rapidly the deadline to put the ballot measure on in January. So they, you know, they have to get it on there despite changing plans suddenly because they're at a deadline. Yeah. So uh, also a final mention uh, that the two organizations are tied. The Kansas City Chiefs also need the tax because they want to do renovations to Arrowhead Stadium. Yes. Um, so that is one thing that also benefits the Royals is the Chiefs will be tied to that tax incentive. But, but I'll say right with that, this entire time we've known exactly what the Chiefs' plans for that money are. And obviously they're not moving stadiums, yeah. but they have come out publicly and said, hey, if and when the Royals move, we're going to put like an entertainment district. We're going to do this. So we know what the Royals are, or what the Chiefs are going to do with that money. They're going to renovate Arrowhead and put it in an entertainment district when the Royals leave. We don't know who the primary benefactors. We don't know what their plans are. The Royals. We we, we have no clue at this mm-hmm. point. And they, I, I'm not even convinced they have a clue at this point if they're able to change their minds so easily. But Eric Fisher from Front Office Sports talks about this in the article we talked about like a minute ago, but we haven't actually cited yet. Yeah. So. So. That that confusion, and you can makes more sense when we get to our next step in our timeline. Um, basically all of a sudden out of left field a few days before you need to get, well, basically a few weeks before you need to get your tax incentive on the ballot, you're changing your plans almost entirely, but you also haven't confirmed what exactly your plans are. So if you're someone like Frank White, um, you're confused and, uh, see, know that you aren't getting a plan. So you veto the ballot measure. Uh, asking the roles to provide more information, which makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, logic. I I supported him in this point because I think, according to Laura Bauer, Sam McDowell, and Mike Hendricks from the Kansas City Star, when he vetoed it on January eighteenth of twenty twenty four. They say, quote, with only hours to spare Thursday, Jackson County Executive Frank White vetoed an ordinance that would have put the three-eighth cent sales tax renewal on the April ballot to fund the sports stadium for the Chiefs and the Royals. Within 45 minutes of the veto being announced, four county legislators said they sided with Frank White. That's a key number because in order to override White's veto, the county legislature, which has nine members, would need six votes. So Frank White said, quote, uh, this proposed sales tax revenue would generate t- over $2 billion from our residents, and yet there is no clear understanding or assurance regarding the team's commitments and contributions to the county. He said, it's not a good deal for taxpayers, and I cannot support an agreement that is not in their best interests. So, yeah, that makes sense. But one thing that I want to note out this article is, including Frank White and the four others, that's five out of the nine mm-hmm. are standing on vetoing it and saying that this tax ballot measure cannot go to the April ballot. 
Keep that in mind. That's five people of a nine-person council that, council that requires six people to override a veto. Yeah. The, the, we'll, we'll get into that later. But there, there isn't enough people as of right now per this article. Yeah, and three of them released a statement together saying that they will vote to sustain the veto, obviously. And mm. they said, quote, As your elected representatives, we are dedicated to ensuring that any agreement with Kansas City Royals and Kansas City Chiefs aligns with the best interests of our community and reflects a balance of fairness and responsibility. And they detailed 10 unresolved issues there, quote, which included wanting the Royals and the Chiefs to keep commit to keeping their front offices, training facilities, and essential operations within Jackson County. Obviously, don't move a bunch of personal operations outside of the county to keep that tax revenue inside the county from some of the few things that actually do generate some tax revenues. Mm-hmm. And he said that although some of the terms Smith did had been, quote, verbally agreed upon by the teams, there still wasn't assigned a memorandum of understanding or letter of intent from the team. And, quote, Smith said... While I am anxious to put the issue of the stadium tax on the ballot for voters to decide, I do have an obligation to ensure that the key terms have been sufficiently agreed to by all parties before this goes to the vote of Jackson County citizens, Smith said. And he said, quote, I'm confident that the teams of the county, along with the Jackson County Sports Complex Authority, can reach an agreement promptly and retain this on the ballot if all parties devote the next several days and endeavor to reach mutually acceptable agreements. And obviously, and on January 5th, the Chiefs and Royals released a joint statement outlining concessions they have made with the county during negotiations relative to the existing lease. They have agreed to cover stadium insurance costs and redirect uh, the park tax back to the county, which teams eliminated uh, would save the county $200 million over the lifetime bros of a 40 year lease. Yes, you can put out a statement, but is it that hard to give just one iota? of a formal commitment in one way, shape or form that isn't a public statement, like give the people who are trying to get you the money, something to stand on when they ask the taxpayer to cut you millions of dollars. The way I always saw it and said it during this process before I, you know, research, whatever, Mm -hmm. is that we were the, the taxpayers are the second largest party to these negotiations. They're asking the second largest amount of money aside from the billion dollars Sherman has proposed. But we don't know any part of the negotiations as in they're negotiating with the taxpayers money without actually letting the taxpayers know what being negotiated and this process has been in development for years now you can't like come up with a a more fleshed out tentative plan yeah because all all we've seen is renders and a debate on a site we don't even know a site yeah at this point I and don't you even think we knew how many people the stadiums were going to seat I'm, yeah. I'm not even sure if we knew that so and, and real quick, okay, so Frank White got a lot of hate for this, yes. for, for the veto, because a lot of people, rightfully so, were like, maybe rightfully so, maybe not rightfully so, I don't know why I said that, because no. a lot of people were like, he is just like fed up with the team and he's mad because, you know, like they besmirched him or whatever, it's, it's stuff like that, like kind of honestly bullshit. Yeah. Like, I don't think Frank White is making a $2 billion decision because he is mad at the Kansas City Royals for one reason or another, cutting him or whatever. I think that he, much like we agree with him on, believed that the Royals were not providing enough information to make a $2 billion decision. And on. and personally, I feel like there has been a good enough time for a Major League Baseball organization to come up with something more concrete that it, you could at least give 
to uh, Jackson County to stand uh, on when, if, when you ask yeah. the taxpayers for millions of dollars. Because if you pay attention to the timeline, 13 days after they change their minds on the site, it is on the ballot for Frank White to veto. It took 13 days for them to suddenly swap from the East Village to the crossroads out of nowhere and then go, hey, by the way, vote on this, vote on this. It's just like, but but, hey, but but you haven't even released a render of yeah. the of the crossroads site, and it seems like the East Village is still slightly in play. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't make sense, and thirteen days isn't enough time to make multi million dollar decisions that cost people money. There, like, there aren't a ton of multi millionaires in Jackson County. Mm-hmm. There's actually it compared to its county across the border in Kansas significantly lower in income. Yeah. You're asking people also has some pretty disenfranchised impoverished areas. You're asking someone a family who's barely scraping by just as much as someone who lives on Ward Parkway in a nice fancy house to pay the same amount of money no matter what the impact is on a family who's struggling to get by or someone who can just afford the the tax added on to pay for something that you haven't provided one iota of actual solid concrete details on. I mean, that, would, that, that doesn't make sense. Would you Do, sign a mortgage if you couldn't read the lease? Yeah. Like if you sign, would you sign a mortgage if you didn't know what you're buying? Like you don't know how much it's going to cost. You don't know yeah. where the house is. You don't know anything about it. But hey, it's a great deal. Would, would Bobby Witt Jr. sign his contract, which was, the, for the duration of the terms, pretty similar in the amount of money that the Jackson County taxpayers are going to have to pay to the stadium if he wasn't allowed to see the contract and just had to sign in a taped-over location? Mm-hmm. Would you do that? I mean, and quite frankly, something I've been baffled by in this entire process as it's ramped up is why do we have to do this so quick? Like, why is there such a sense of urgency to get this done now? now well, well, now. Be, be, it has to be on this ballot well, be, measure this April right now. Well, because because it, it, it was the deadline, and they the the Chiefs want to do their renovation, and they also it's 2024. They want to have it done by 2027. The timeline to build a multi-billion-dollar complex is a multi-year project. Yeah, but if you remember back in the day in 2021. The timeline was far more stretched out. Yes. It wasn't as much of an urgent process where, back then. Where did the hurry up come from when you've had, it seems like, plenty of time to develop a, a more solid concrete plan than just a couple renders in there that you're no longer using anymore and switch your plans 13 days beforehand to a different location? Also, we'll get into this. Um, a couple of days later, uh, pl- please pull up our timeline so I can just see. So Frank White Vito is the 18th. Now, the 22nd, Remember when I was talking about the five Jackson County uh, people who are standing, mm-hmm. uh, Frank White included, and you need six to do a veto, and there's nine people on the council? Well, somehow on the 22nd of January, the council overrides Frank White's veto. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? Going from 18 to 19, 20, 21, 22, how did four days pass? Over 24 hours before the deadline. Um, had, how did they convince the people? There, there were five people standing. You need six to make a decision. 
how do you convince them in four days since the publishing of this article to change the vote to seven to two to override the veto to get it back on the ballot in April? It doesn't. What happened? What happened? It, 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 if you're going to be clear about the process, how did this happen? Yeah. Legislators Jalen Andrew. obviously we're not like doxing these people, don't like harass them or anything. And this is an article from KCUR, you know, Kansas City NPR by a Celisa. Oh my God, how can I not read this? Celisa Kalakal. We are sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how I'm butchering that that bad. Anyways, uh, according to her article, Jalen Anderson, Janine Lauer, Megan Marshall, and Sean Smith all supported White's veto on Thursday. And then all of a sudden, now 24 hours before the deadline, Anderson and Smith changed their minds inexplicably and decided to switch their vote. Anderson said in a statement in the meetings with the Royals of Chiefs, Jackson County Sports Authority, and the feedback from the constituents who wanted to have a say in the issue change his mind. But, yeah, but you don't have a plan. The, the Well, the Chiefs have a plan. But the Royals do not have a plan. How do you change your mind when they don't have a plan? And that's the thing is only one of the legislatures, legislators who changed his mind changed, like put out a statement. And he just said, well, you know, the Royals and Chiefs came to me and said that, uh, that the voters should decide. And it's like, yes, that's true. I don't know why the other ones changed their mind. But like maybe the voters should know what they're deciding on before we put it on a ballot measure instead of mm. handing someone a blank check with your tax dollars on it and maybe if the royals don't have their shit together by the deadline that that sounds like a royals problem like i i don't understand why that's suddenly the county's urgent pressing matter oh my god oh my god oh my god we have to get this on the ballot when they've had as we've seen, an entire year. They were supposed to have this done by September, by their own timeline, and then they've just kind of messed around, and all of a sudden it's 24 hours before the deadline. You mean you lit four months on fire? Mm -hmm. You had four months to come up with, like, one iota, like like a letter of intent. It seems like Frank White, in his statement, would be fine with a letter of intent. Yeah. Which I believe, according to this article, they did finally sign a letter of intent but there's still no actual site location yeah. or anything like that so it's really hard to have a letter of intent when we don't know what like community benefits what anything what transportation what you know you're going to community contribute to the community okay which like where's your stadium what, what, what are you gonna is it the northland like like what are you doing like what, what what's going on here yeah it it's a head scratcher folks and i i wish we had something different to say and wish this process went a bit easier but as you know it's not going as smooth as some would have hoped and i wish it went smooth i wish that there was a smooth seamless process where the royals gave a solid proposal everyone was on board there was a minimal destruction to local communities and then you get a downtown stadium, mm -hmm. and they committed to finalizing a site by February 29th. So a month after the final deadline to put their ballot on the thing, so they want the blank check, 
and they say a month later. So basically put give us the option to make $250 million or $350 million off of the taxpayers and we'll give you a decision a month later. That doesn't it doesn't make sense. I am sorry and I wish it went smoother. I want the Royals to stay here. I want the Royals to have a downtown stadium. I am just confused. It is confusing and it's frustrating. And I I don't know. It's I, it it's it's difficult. Yeah. It is it's just like this is like and, and obviously I don't live in other cities, so I yeah. don't know if like it's this hard to do anything in other cities, but it just seems like this process I mean did not need to be this difficult. And you sent your architects out to do soil samples. If the soil was bad and the foundations wouldn't work for a MLB stadium, you said you'd be trans- uh, transparent. You could have just said that and be like, hey, these villages' soil cannot support a massive stadium. We have to consider other options. That would make sense because that's just an issue of like the geology of the area. Well, everyone would understand that. I mean, that, that wouldn't even be any kind of point of contention because it's like, hey, we had to rule out this site because of you know geological concerns. That, yes. That's just a thing you can do. I mean, no one's going to care. Now, yesterday, as of uh, February 12, 2024, there is rumors floating around that the uh, Royals are going to announce on the 13th that their downtown ballpark site is going to be in the crossroads. So they've skipped the work that they've done in the East Village. They've somehow overturned Frank White's veto in a span of a few days. And now something that they made a decision 13 days before Frank White's veto, a little less than a month ago, or a little over a month ago, is now the decision? Mm-hmm. A little over a month ago, the news was coming out that you were fine, like having this float around. Either this, this negotiation has been going on with the Crossroads location for way longer than what was published, and you weren't being transparent, or you slap together a proposal, and I don't know which is worth because I don't want to have to commit to a multi-billion-dollar project that you just slap together in over a month. Because th- th- that works for like a project, like a, in school. That doesn't work for a multi-billion-dollar city development. Yes, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I I think we should ask better of our public officials we should ask better of people who want billions of dollars from the government i mean yeah, billions I'm, of taxpayer dollars for a city that is struggling to meet its budget sometimes i'm sorry for sounding angry frustrated and unprofessional but we're like uh, we're, we're in this deep at this point uh this podcast recording and it, it's it's just it's getting to me and it was getting to me all day as we talked about this before the pod as well and it's just it doesn't because they announced the location of the ballpark district, which would be the KC Star building. Um, Rosie won. Uh, the KC Star ownership group won. It w- is now going to span from uh, Grand to Locust. And then north of it is going to be Truman. And south of it is going to be 17th Street. Yeah. Uh, so back in our geography lesson, I don't know how long ago. Um, with this plan comes, they're going to extend the 670 cap like we talked about over to past the T-Mobile Center. Yes. Which, okay, 
Are we going to get into the actual like ranting us complaining portion of this now? I, let's finish the timeline okay. and then we will we're do pretty much list. caught up at this. Point, okay. Do we do you have anything less left on no. the timeline thing? That was it. That was it. All right. So let's rant time. So do you want to go first? Should we structure this? Should we structure this by like should, bullet point? Bullet points. Bullet points. All right. So first bullet point I want to start at is the current design that was proposed today. I, it's interesting that this is the first time we've ever seen it on the official announcement and the confirmation that this is going to be the definitive site. I think that's kind of weird, um, especially since you've already produced two other renders. Um, and also the FAQ section um, still seems to... Oh, no, they, they updated they, it. They updated it. Okay, so before we start recording this podcast, uh, the uh, Royal Stadium website still said the east village on it but they now updated to the crossroads um i do we archive the one where it said i did yeah. okay so we do have an archive link of where it originally said today after the announcement but like before the end of the day updated their website so um if you could pull up the actual crossroads map that was yeah, yeah. N- n- the actual with the like render oh yeah, yeah so what is included is the ballpark, which exits out into Grand. Um, there is also included a office building for team offices and a conference center. There is a corporate office. There is a hotel. There is a residential entertainment venue. They're going to do Grand Boulevard improvements, and they're going to do the South Loop extension of the park. So... The issue that's going on here is they've released without doing traffic studies. Um, without doing that, you don't know how traffic's going to flow and how it's going to impact the one source of actual public transit that's on rails. Will happen? They closed off. What is that? That's Oak. Mm-hmm. So they close. They're going to close off Oak per this render, which could possibly push people onto Main Street, which is where the streetcar runs, which would delay the streetcar. Um, they will have traffic issue with uh, with Grand, although the Grand's already, I'll give them credit, Grand's frequently closed when T-Mobile has events. Yeah. When T-Mobile has events. Which isn't going to make it any better when there's suddenly two stadiums that can have events that can close down Grand. Yes, especially if they conflict. Uh, yeah, two events at the same time. Two oh events at the same time. Now, we do know that parking is settled per the people on Twitter, Cope and Seethe. Um, Populous already did the study, two and a half times the amount of parking. Um, that's not great for a city to have that much parking, but it's good for people who live in Johnson County and want to go to the Royals. On, on um, the traffic issue, what I'll say is people are focusing too much on parking because people in Kansas City have car brain. And I think the larger issue with this potential site is because it is of its downtown no it's close to main street it's downtown it's close to t-mobile the two events could conflict could cause a lot of traffic a lot of people crowding into the same area all of our public transportation is bus and streetcar that are both street running so if there is a lot of traffic we don't have any dedicated streetcar lanes. We don't have any dedicated bus lanes. So you lose the benefit of public transportation, mass transportation, when those streets get flooded. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, 
the, the the public transit network, which kind of runs around downtown, is going to get completely destroyed whenever there's a lot of traffic as compared to the Truman Sports Complex where if there's a lot of traffic for a Royals game right now, it doesn't completely gum up the entire public transportation network of Kansas City. And that's coupled with the fact that we don't have any way to reliably get people from the suburbs to downtown to go to the stadium via public transit, via you know a commuter rail, any, any way a big city gets people without having to drive. So people going to these events... Who already, you know, they already have to drive, but they're gonna have to drive if they want to go to a baseball game because we don't have any way to get them downtown. Now, this is gonna be a slight tangent. We've said this before. I'm gonna say it again. We're not being nimbies on this. We're not trying to squash all development. We just think that, based on the timeline that we can see as public, like just as the general public, that this seems rushed. It seems unthought out and it seems like it's just slapped together and not really considering the factors and the impact of the community around it. And it is annoying to me that there is that this site will also require gobbling up they gobble up parking lots, that's fine, but it's also gonna gobble up some businesses. And that was mentioned very early on the podcast. Um, sure, U-Haul, a Firestone, that's fine. I mean, it, 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 they're just like, they're businesses that have been there for a while. But the Crossroads is a developing district. Uh, it's the arts district. It, there's it, In the past 10 years, um, and I spent a, a good amount of time of my childhood going around this area, um, and the transformation from when I was going around in the early 2000s as a child to now as an adult is drastic. Um, there is now First Fridays, there's Brewer's Alley, there's tons and tons and still growing businesses, fantastic restaurants, and uh, and there's also a church that's currently also going undergoing re- renovations. That they didn't know about because yeah, you didn't. They started you, renovations on the twenty sixth of January before which, they really kind of knew they were going to be uh, which, annexed. Yeah, and I mean maybe you could have like prevented bad will with a you know religious folk of Kansas City if you just had a bit of further insight into what was going knew on. In because September that they were going to be the spot, they probably wouldn't have paid a bunch of money to upgrade their building that they're now going to need to relocate that you're also going to have the city eminent domain mm-hmm. um so and you promised transparency i didn't see a lot of transparency so either you are rushing this and you have no clue what you're exactly doing you're slapping stuff together or you aren't upholding your promise um i want to know which is which and i mean sure we said don't let the good be the enemy of perfect Mm -hmm. in the past and i mean this is good i acknowledge that i just don't understand why you had a location that doesn't destroy or extremely disrupt multiple businesses people's employment people's ability to live and uh, people's ability to uh, practice religion 
and people's ability to even rent a U-Haul when there was a site that was empty. And that gets into the second point I wanted well, to do. Real quick, because I think the whole, and I think I said this earlier in the show, where it, it I don't see opposing what I think is a dumb development as NIMBY, because I mm. don't think that to be a NIMBY, you know, you're... you're Opposing anything at all, period, is not nimbyism, and supporting everything at all, all times, forever, is not yimbyism. You know, there is nuance to these things, and I can disagree with a project proposal without, you know, having to be conflated as some stupid label. Especially one that it clearly is either rushed or was kept secret, um, and that altogether wasn't very transparent, uh, breaking promises provided by an organization. And also ignoring a location that was already basically like other than Royal's official commitment, which they haven't actually given official commitments to the county other than one letter of intent, which was very weak. Um, Just ignoring a site that would have minimal impact to the community and just a two-minute extra walk to Power and Light, I don't know. And the other thing is all these small businesses in this area – um, which, okay, I, I've seen a lot of people kind of, you know, like making fun of the, the strip club over there. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I, I get it cause it's funny cause it's like, oh, you're defending a strip club. But it's like, you know, at the end of the day, that is a small business that employs a lot of people yeah and it does generate a lot of like revenue for the city. Also- so it's like make fun of it. But it's like, I, I thought that we were like trying to stop making fun of sex workers. Like. It is a legitimate business. I don't think they're doing anything legal. And additionally, with that, all these legitimate businesses in this area that provide money and pay taxes and stuff, the building owners, when you do eminent domain, are the ones who are going to get the money for their buildings. The property the, the property owners are the ones who are going to get the eminent domain money and be able to build new buildings or whatever. The business owners are not going to see a dime unless the royals come out with a proposal tomorrow saying, hey, we're going to pay for the relocation of all these people. Or, or if like your entertainment district is going to have a specifically designed slot for all of these businesses to go into. But I don't I don't see them putting Temptations Totally Nude into their new ballpark development because mm-hmm. or even like, you know. Mama Ramen. It's a ramen restaurant. I, like, I don't think Resurrection Downtown is going to want to hold service in the Royals, you know, ballpark during a game on Sunday. Like, they're, I they're mean, not gonna where that. are they going to park the U-Hauls in the Royals ballpark district? Yeah, and that—that's the thing is, you're, the fact of the matter is, is picking a spot where you have a lot of small businesses and a lot of built-up structures, which are not going to be replaced one to one because they can't be. You're going to kill some of these businesses they can't just pick up and move and relocate especially when they're operating in a budget you know tight deadlines tight whatever and then all of a sudden by the way with no extra money from the city probably you have to move to a new building you have to find a new lease and you have to compete with all these other businesses that are finding new leases that are being relocated and probably the development. I mean, there's probably going to be some good downtown development from the stadium, but all of a sudden these businesses have to compete with that and have to probably pay higher rents. I just... So, on to what could have been is the East Village site. Yes. Which I have seen some people say that the federal building is an issue, blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, the federal building's south of 12th, mm-hmm. and the entrance said it would be at 12th Street and Jerry 
in proposals, and that's what it also looks like it was going to be in the renderings, which um, includes not the federal building, but privately owned parking lots, a bunch of city-owned vacant lands, and a commerce bank. Which, if you look at the earliest renderings, which are really hard to find now, and I believe we will have in our sources, I, I think that the original proposals and plans for the the East Village site were to actually go from Cherry and 11th, which means that if the federal building was supposedly going to be a problem, you actually have a whole block away. Because we, we did see some people talking about the federal building, and it's like, okay, but the original East Village plan that we've been running with this whole time has separation between the stadium and the federal building and that parking lot. They would actually be redeveloping up by uh, between 9th and 11th and Cherry and Charlotte. Well, either either way, it doesn't make... It, it, I I just I'd like some answer or some clarification. I know I'm just some loser podcaster posting out into the world. And John Sherman, a propane billionaire and maybe a propane accessory billionaire as well, I don't know. Um doesn't have to answer to me. Quentin Lucas, although mayor of Kansas City, could just ignore me. I He's been ignoring me on Twitter. <laughs> he has been ignoring you. Um, I just, just one iota of like, what is your like solid explanation? Like, not some bullshit lie. I would much rather appreciate if it's a simple, like, the people who own the KC Star Building were going to give it to us for, like, basically pennies if we just, like, allowed them to do some sort of advertising. That's not, like, where they put their ad for their other businesses in the Royal Stadium or something. I'm not saying that's what would happen. I'm not accusing anyone what, if, if anything. I just want to know, I mean, how, how did this come out of left field 13 days before the tax vote? And also, like, you're... Like, is this slapped together? Do you have any clue what's going on? Just an ounce of honesty. I just, I, okay. We, we're giving a three-eighth cent sales tax to this stadium proposal, which I'm fine with. I like sports. I want there to be a downtown stadium. I don't want them to have to demolish half a crown, down, uh, crossroads. But my big thing is the streetcar, the original streetcar line, cost $200 million. Wow. Sounds like a $350 million three-eighth cent sales tax would go a long ways towards improving public transit in Kansas City. I just... The, there are so many other issues we and, have where putting something in the crossroads is not going to solve those problems. Yeah, it's it, it's still a normal, like reasonable walking distance to power and light. Actually, the, the ten minutes isn't a bad walk at all. You can always extend the streetcar because you were going to do that for the uh, Casey Current anyway. Well, the Casey Current is paying for their own streetcar expansion yeah. up north where their stadium is going that they're paying for. You're, you're able to revitalize a place that's just parking lots and a, a empty city land. And if you want to argue highway access, I'm looking at the map. There is I-70. It is within the loop because there's a big square that encompasses downtown. And basically, all you're doing is adding an extra minute drive to be able to get to via the car to the location bros in the East Village. Also, there's a big transit center in the East Village anyway. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand. There's already a big bus hub with that transit center. It would take a half a mile streetcar expansion. I, it's just like... I, I, 
And, and to be honest, if you wanted to, if the Royals wanted to buy some goodwill, you could just you wouldn't have to stop at like 12th or 11th Street. You could just continue the streetcar in and give those neighborhoods over on the uh, historically underinvested side. Here's streetcar access to downtown. Here you go. It's free transit. You know, the streetcar always free. There I, you go. I just it. Why would you think demolishing businesses when there was already empty parking lot and empty lots available it just i don't understand it's just so infuriating because these lots have been empty for decades up here in the east village they were made more empty because everyone thought that it was going to go in the east village royals included Mm -hmm. and now they're just going to be empty for more decades because there's no guarantee that this new stadium is going to I mean, we don't have a guarantee it's going to really incite any development because, quite frankly, the Truman Sports Complex has been empty for years. We were always promised when the Truman Sports Complex was constructed that developers would be chomping at the bit to develop that area up around. Oh, you mean like the failed Denny's? Yeah, like there's there's nothing or, over or, there. Or, or the ab- abandoned hotel, which had Coco Key Water Resort for a few years. And and that that's just where it's just like I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer on this whole plan. It's just like history has shown that the Royals and Chiefs are unable to actually spurn development in the area in which their stadiums are located. So it looks to me like, for whatever reason, this Crossroads District is just trying to take over an area that has had natural development in the past 20 years and just make it the Royals. Hey, we can take credit for this. You know, this and, area that was already naturally developing, now it's the Royals. And, and that's where I want to go into my next point, which is impact on the Crossroads with the location. It. it We've already talked about destroying local businesses uh, in the area where we go, but also it changes fundamentally the dynamics of the neighborhood. Um, so a brief, from my understanding of the history of the Crossroads, that the Crossroads used to be basically glorified industrial space. Um, it spans from Union Station, basically up until the highway hits at 670, um, before the highways were even built. This was mainly industrial space used to build, uh, you know, do lots of trade stuff, store things, uh, have easy access to the massive train station we have built Union Station. If you're looking at Union Station on a map, uh, basically that really long bit that connects to the main building used to be where the rail lines actually were. Cause there used to be way more rail lines. We used to be one of the largest uh train hubs in the freight train hubs in the united states so if you wanted to produce something store something be a middleman in something or uh, ship anything out of kansas city it was easier to be closer to union station than anything else so that's where the crossroads come from it comes from um eventually uh freight for general finished goods would die uh freight now is mainly unfinished goods uh finished goods are now driven by trucks highways and all that stuff the crossroads was basically a very, very cheap warehouse district, which started over time within the past few, probably two decades, but the past decade kicked into high gear, at least, in development of bars, restaurants, lots of artist studios, small shops, and all around, there's a lot to do. And I spend a good amount of time there. There's a bunch of different restaurants. There's a bunch of different bars that, that range from 
absolute dives to even some of the most expensive bars out there. Now, there is a lot of parking, but that's just because of Kansas City. It's because, again, there's no commuter rate. And there was a time, even back before, like, right in the streetcars being trialed, that there were still buildings that were unoccupied and abandoned in the crossroads. I don't think, if you can find an abandoned building in the crossroads that's not being developed into something, I would give you a dollar. It's hot. And I feel like the natural spring up of this, which is a artsy, fun, beer drinking development, will have a, it, 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 it would be impacted drastically. It, for a lot of customers, good, yes, bringing a lot of people there. But I just, I'm afraid that the roads might suffocate the culture of the area developed. And also, rent prices might drive a bunch of smaller businesses out or and, and the artist studios. And, and that's the largest thing is part of the appeal of a stadium is it being a higher demand. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to build around that, which naturally means rents are going to go up. That that's, that's the goal, effectively, is to raise rents because it's going to be a more desirable area, which is going to naturally negatively impact the people who have built up this area because it was an undesirable area they've effectively turned it into an area that people want to be at Mm -hmm. naturally and other royals it feels like are just going to try and basically you know grab that by the horns and take advantage of it and act like hey we're the ones stimming all this development when in reality i personally feel like they're going to act more as a dam on the river and kind of stop it as much as you know you can stop it yeah and the thing that just annoys me is I just don't understand like when there's two viable locations that one that you're already looking at for years and one you've somehow come out of nowhere and why you've chosen the one that comes out of nowhere that demolishes the building when clearly you had the opportunity to do the thing that makes you look like the hero redevelops a area that is basically abandoned and is still in downtown it is within the downtown loop mm-hmm. and is still a 10 minute walk from power and light which could be 30 seconds on a streetcar if you catch it at the right time, you know, probably an eight minute walk from like uh, one light. I mean, it's like it, I, it might, uh, I, I want to get into final thoughts because we need to wrap this up. Well, I want to, I want to say one quick thing. Yeah. I, I just say uh, there's not historic buildings in the area that's going to be torn down, right? There's like, there's nothing like, it's not like the power and light building. It's something like historic, but it's just, it is building stock, right? And every single time we do one of these mega projects that, you know, our, you know, Bartle Hall is good. You know, the Kauffman Center is good. T-Mobile Center has been good. But every single time we do one of these, you end up tearing down buildings in a city that is historically been torn down for parking lots and, you know, stuff like that. I I actually, I could be wrong, and you can correct me if you want to, but I don't believe that there was anything on the Kauffman site when the Kauffman was first proposed. I think it was just an empty lot. I think you're right. But that's just what I'm saying is now that is the Kauffman Center and nothing could ever be put there again. Yeah. And once we put the Royal Stadium right here where buildings already are, that's basically just going to be locked down as the Royal Stadium until they decide to leave in another 70 years. So that just means that there's building stock that's going to be lost that cannot be replaced in that area because we just historically don't do density. Whereas now you have to basically replace it in the areas that don't already have buildings 
which I guess is the East Village. I mean, it's, it's just like the loss of building stock in general for small businesses to exist in is probably not going to be terrific if it's not met with an equal replacement of that building stock because just like 80 percent or something like that of the city is already just surface parking lots and i just i think we need to be building up surface parking lots into buildings not tearing down buildings for one big stadium yeah i i want to get into my final thoughts because we have gone on for way too long so um i want a downtown stadium but I also want a little bit of transparency on how this decision was made because I I want the Royals to stay here. I want a downtown stadium. I just don't understand how this decision was made. And I feel like I we as the public were kind of hoodwinked into something and a ounce of transparency, even if it is like, it, I'm not I'm not accusing anything. This is a hypothetical scenario. Even if somehow, some way, God came down with an envelope with seven billion dollars, he gave to John Sherman and said, "You must build here." If you told me that, that'd be fine. I I I appreciate that. Yeah. And and my final thoughts. So in the proposal announcement today, John Sherman uh, said that in his gut he felt like the crossroads was always the correct choice or was always the choice or was the correct choice one of those three i don't Mm -hmm. remember exactly but i believe that we have proven today that that is demonstrably incorrect because in his gut or at least in his pocketbook when he was making the plans and you know doing boring and doing prep work he always believed that the east village was the correct site for years so for the crossroads to come out of nowhere, I just want to know who made this decision. Did the city have any agency? Was the city even involved in selecting this site? And to that point, if the city was not involved in selecting the site, then did the people of the crossroads even at this point have a say in whether they wanted these buildings to be demolished for or, this thing? Or if the city did have a say, were you planning on telling your people you're supposed to serve? Because what what I can say is for the Northland site, that was proposed by Clay County to the Royals. So the Clay County people decided, they elected their public officials and who decided, you know, on a representative democracy to propose this site. So the people of Clay County had a say, right? They voted for it. Who decided this? I mean, I mean, the crossroads, nobody, if the city wasn't involved in the decision making, I guess the Royals can just decide to destroy, you know, this part of town without the part of town actually having a say on whether they want to be destroyed or not. Because it could very well be that the Crossroads or Kansas City as a whole likes this area. Yeah, and I recognize that there is a massive, empty, former newspaper plant that is sitting in, that's also, frankly, very nice and very glass. Uh, It's very, very, very well designed, but it's empty. And I understand you have to do something with it. I just don't think demolishing stuff that is currently occupied to get rid of a big building that's unoccupied is really the smart idea. But anyway, that that's... Put, put it in the East Village, demolish the KC Star building, and just build more shops like is already in the crossroads. It's that easy. Just just demolish the KC Star building and build up more dense shops like it's already there. Yeah. That's all you got to do. There you go. You have more space for shops when the stadium is built. 
and the stadium is built in an area where you don't need to demolish a bunch and, of stuff. And there's been plenty of buildings that are built been built on the crossroads that show that you can do mixed use development. We have restaurants mm. and stores and stuff on the first floor and plenty of apartments on top. That would increase the overall amount of buildings in the city instead of decreasing it. Yeah. So um, this has been uh, our episode. We apologize for the length. I don't. Um, I had a lot to get off my chest. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this has been another episode of ClioCast. My name is Matt. And I have been RC. You can follow us on Twitter at Clio History. You can email us at ClioHistoryPodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure some people who might listen to this already follow RC because he was going off on Twitter. Um, you can, yeah. For this, like, three-hour episode, we probably should have done the plugs at the beginning. Yeah. Um, if you made it this far, congratulations. Um, you get a, a scolded star. Um, yeah, so Just email us and we'll email you back your golden star. So yeah, uh, it likes and reviews really help us in algorithms and stuff like that. Um, any shares we appreciate. Um, we're hoping that this is like insightful in any way, shape or form. If you disagree respectfully, let us know, like, let us know why you disagree. What, what like other points you have? Cause if there's like points to be made in favor of the crossroads, I'm for hearing them. I just, I, there's just been nothing. And if you're a Royals press person listening to a bunch of stuff so you can give a report to John Sherman, he made it this far, please just – can John give us like a like a, a better answer on how this happened? L- l- like a sentence or two? Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. A uh, quick editor's note. Um, after we produced this podcast, we did discover that uh, the Kenzie Star did produce a list. I'd like to say RC compiled his list um, earlier. Timeline. Timeline. A, a, a timeline. Uh, earlier um i'm sure the key stars always working around the same time but um we produced a multi-hour long podcast on this so um i made mine at noon it looks like they made theirs at six which is i believe around when we started recording yeah so, so yeah um yeah the, as the editor note um that's also gonna be included in the sources if you want to read that but we're also going to include our list as well use either or or look at both uh both are fine bye bye